0: Hey listener, if you've enjoyed Shakisha and the White Boy, consider visiting us at anchor.fm/satwb and using the support button. And now on with the show. I feel good today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are back. And you are listening to the 2021 Shakisha and the White Boy Holiday Special. And because you're here, I'd like to take a moment to wish you a very happy holiday. Whatever you're celebrating this year, please try to make the best of it. I am your host, Ryan Dinger, and I am putting the white in white Christmas, as I always do. And I am joined here by my smart, funny, and all-around badass of a co-host, the one and only Shakisha Williams.
1: What's up, man?
0: Shakeisha, my dear friend. Merry Christmas to you.
1: Same to you. Happy holidays.
0: Yeah. How's it going? We've been on a little break here. Have you have you enjoyed your time uh, away from SAT? God, like, um,
1: I really am thinking like like thinking forward. I started this class called uh Confident Crowdfunding Lab. It's a master class on crowdfunding because I get questions all the time about you know, what to do and all the pieces. So I, that's pretty much been my December developing and getting it ready for, you know, getting it ready for the folks. And right. I was thinking like one of my favorite shows, Insecure, is going away.
0: I know. I've been watching Insecure, too. You know, I'm a fan. You
1: watch Insecure?
0: Yeah, we talked about that before. I I could have sworn. Of course. I love Issa Rae.
1: Okay, so like, are you into the season? Like, what are you feeling?
0: Oh, yeah, I'm all caught up. I think it's been pretty good. I'm. I'm. Uh, I mean, spoiler alert for anyone who's who hasn't. Uh, you're all caught up yourself, right? Let me. Ask I am. You first. I okay, am. Okay. So, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched all the way through yet. Uh, but I'm curious to see how it's going to play out. I'm kind of rooting for Lawrence. I must admit. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's her what's her other guy's name? Nathan. Um, Nathan. I mean, Nathan's cool too, but. You know, Lawrence feels like the OG to me. And I'm wondering how it's all going to play out. The It was the second to last episode that premiered last week, right?
1: Yes. Well, so. it's, I think it's two more left. Like at that point, it was three. I think we're down to the last two coming up to uh, Sunday.
0: OK, so we're down so we're,
1: to two I'm more gonna, episodes before it's all said and done.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I feel like I am rooting for Lawrence a little bit. Caitlin says no. She's she's on Team Nathan. How about you? How are you? Yeah, how do you like to see?
1: <laughs> okay, I re- so I'm not rooting either way. I'm I'm Team Issa, right? Right. Um, I think fair. a lot of times we tend to think that the the guy, especially in in you know narrative, you know, especially in sitcoms, it's like who gets the guy and what and who ends up with who, which is cool. Like, but I'm not leaning either way. Like I think both of them have a lot of showing up to do you know what i mean like even though nathan opened up a little bit like yeah I, I, and what i really that's appreciated fair. about nathan's character was his ability to identify an emotion which for a lot of people is an easy thing but i think i find that men that's tend true. to not be able to express like they'll say they're sorry but it's like a whole roundabout thing that you have that you have to go through and he yeah. got to it right away so that's what i loved
0: Well, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, We're we're doing this episode on December 18th, the Saturday before, I guess, the second to last episode. So uh, we got some time. But yeah, I've been enjoying. I think this last season has been maybe my favorite so far. It's been very good. And I'm curious to see how it ends because it's been strong
1: so far. And also, I've been thinking a lot about getting my teeth fixed. And it's it's the cost of a fiat
0: my god yeah
1: um to really do what i need to do so
0: i'm sorry to hear that that's a kind of a symbol of the type of country we live in huh you know well
1: i mean cardi b the the prophet tess of that's true the, that's the first thing of, she the, did. Of, the, of the 20 the 2020 said got a bag and fixed my teeth
0: <laughs> that's Don't so you
1: true no it ain't she. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. So we're doing Bye. the holiday special. <laughs> we uh, we did a holiday special last year, kind of impromptu. and it actually did very well. It was one of our best episodes of uh, the last season. So we thought, hey. let's, let's bring it back. Let's try it again. So we're back here with a special December holiday special. And on that note, Keisha, Hi. I want to ask you, uh, what is your favorite holiday song or Christmas song? You know, whatever? It can be anything.
1: Um, so my favorite Christmas song is Silent Night by The Temptations.
0: Ooh, you did not hesitate at all. You knew immediately what you were going to go with. Temptations, that's a strong one. That's very yeah. good. I was not expecting that, Silent Night. It's uh, going Silent a little more low-key. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, Temptations, you know, there's...
1: <laughs> you know like people will redo songs and they're stretching it and you're like girl can you hurry up and just sing santa baby like why are you stretching it but the temptation stretched it and you're here for it <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i mean i think that's kind of like what the entire band was built around was stretching it like that's what they do so well you know <laughs> so that's a good one temptations i they definitely Damn. are uh one just in general one of my favorite all-time groups got
1: you, you know? i mean they okay. always got
0: fire they always always,
1: always brought fired. the heat both yes.
0: eras um david ruffin and uh what was the name of the guy who um who sang for them after david ruffin i can't think uh his name.
1: De- dennis something uh dennis
0: um smith What well, it was something it's, i feel like he's got a uh kind of anything but yeah him.
1: dennis was the one who took over after david ruffin yeah yeah
0: uh dennis edwards yeah i knew dennis it was something edwards, pretty straightforward. Yes. Yeah, yes. both eras fantastic so can't go wrong come on okay so <laughs> you you temptation silent night and for me actually i have a few i was having trouble narrowing it down so you may know i actually have a love-hate relationship with holiday music i'm not a big okay fan of christmas music why because, is that? well so uh I think it's a little bit of uh, like a PTSD thing. I, I believe I was scarred. Uh, I worked in retail for a long time. Um, That'll do before, it. Uh, I moved into the <laughs> office job game. and yeah. The, if uh, So I worked at a famous footwear um, for six years, I think. And yeah. uh, if you've ever worked in retail, you know, there's like only 12 total holiday songs that can be played in that, at, in that environment. And so it's yeah. like the same 12 songs, but 30 different versions of them over and over again. Yes,
1: yes, Uh, yes.
0: I hate it. (laughs) I did not
1: oh my god.
0: It's it's it was like hell on earth for me to have to uh endure listening to the songs over and over again.
1: Okay, Um, so what did you like even now? Like what can of the songs that you could deal with? What are the songs that you can now say, okay, I can rock with that? So that's where
0: I'm going with this. I actually have come around, that's why I say a love-hate thing. I've been far enough removed from retail now that some of the sting from that experience has come out and I've started to re-embrace holiday music a bit. Okay, uh, yeah, And I'm I definitely like not the type of person who's putting it on right after Thanksgiving or anything, but in the week leading up to the couple weeks leading up to Christmas, I don't mind listening to it a little bit. And I last year actually started putting together a playlist of
1: okay. holiday songs
0: that I like. I was like, you know, I do enjoy some holiday music. So I should just find a way to just like, put all the ones that I know I like in one place and listen to that. So I started right. doing that. Um, but what's funny is I actually have had trouble uh, like deciding what a favorite is. Cause I, there are a few that I really truly love, but I did try. Okay. Uh, I had a list here. Um, but if I think if I had to pick one, it would be uh, Brenda Lee's rocking around the Christmas tree.
1: Okay. That nice. That's a good one. But, yeah.
0: the, you know, the one that I wanted to mention that is newer and it came out last year, but that I really like is Lil Nas X's Holiday, which is kind of funny. It's not what a classic. Yeah, he released what? a holiday song last year. Who? Lil Nas, Lil Nas X.
1: Oh, Jesus. I he released a that. holiday
0: song last year and it's pretty good. It's just called Holiday and it's yeah. sort of agnostic, right? It's not dealing with Christmas or Hanukkah yeah. or any yeah, specific. Yeah, no. It's just can be applied to any, you know. Winter solstice time of year holiday, and it's pretty good. I I mean, I actually kind of like little Nas X. I think he's got some good stuff. I
1: do too. I, I actually think he is the Madonna, the male Madonna of our yes. time. Like, he definitely has Madonna, it was Lady Gaga, and now you have Lil Nas yeah. X. He pushes the envelope because he knows like the more like he did a whole video where he was just like on the Maury Povich show and it was an extension piece to um Montero yeah like the album and it was so funny and so amazing he did the run he's awesome he's
0: a good artist he's 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 really artist. he makes uh you know I feel like a lot of what he does is lost in pop music today you know the big bold sort of um, controversial statement and so you know montero yeah. he got crushed for that video i'm sure you remember yeah. uh you know you don't see artists willing to take those chances as much anymore you know like you did back in the day in the, i feel Absolutely. like 70s eight, 60s 70s 80s even in the 90s but 90s.
1: yeah um
0: you know that's that seems like something that has sort of fallen away from pop music in a lot of ways and you know he's sort of bringing that so he has a holiday song called Holiday that came out I'm last gonna year. I'm going to check it
1: out now. Now that you've mentioned it, now I have It's on to, my
0: playlist. Yeah. So
1: what we'll do, what we'll do is I'll get Ryan's faves, I'll get my faves, and we'll add it to our link tree on the SATWB, Great the number idea. one Instagram. And then you can just go listen to all of our favorite tracks. Perfect. And then jam out like we would.
0: Perfect. I, let's Let's absolutely do that. Let's do a Spotify playlist. I already have one started, so I can just... Transfer those ah! songs over and uh know. yeah, because I needed a place to, to listen to, to holiday music. But so that's favorite holiday songs. And as I said earlier, we're we're doing the SATWB 2021 holiday special. And a little bit later on, we've got another installment of Art of the Grind with a very, very special guest, our own Shakisha Williams. Last year, Shakisha interviewed me to talk about my work as a musician with the band Jet Setting. And this year, I'll have the distinct honor of returning the favor and talking to her about her work as a filmmaker. I'm really excited about this. I have some good questions planned. But before we get to all that, last year for the holiday special, we did a mega WTF where we counted down our top five most WTF moments of the year. And uh, people really like that segment. I received a lot of positive feedback about it. And so we're going to do it again. I've okay. got my list ready, Shakisha. You told me you've got your top five. So now, here is this year's Mega WTF. What? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck Richard? What the fuck? WTF, a Mega WTF, as I said, on the lead-in. Shakisha, we did this list last year, and we were like... It was super easy, if you'll remember, because 2020 was a year of Major WTF. <laughs> and... I feel like this year it didn't take me very long to come up with five either. Uh, you know, I did a little bit of research, but honestly, a lot of these, I would just thought about the year and I was like, Oh yeah, that happened in 2021. <laughs> this thing happened in 2021. It was very much like 2020 in that. It there was, was some
1: shit. There was some shit to talk about.
0: There was a lot of shit to talk
1: about. <laughs> so, i I'm something to but, talk about. <laughs>
0: Yes. It feels like the last two years, that's been the theme for, for the year. It's just trying to give us enough material for the WTF and, and, uh, has been, um, doing that admirably, I'll say. So, uh, top five WTFs, uh, you've got your list. I've got mine. Would you like to share yours first or should I begin?
1: I want you like, let's go one for one.
0: Yeah. Well, well, that's what I figured. I'll do my five and then you do your five. And okay. So my number, my number five, excuse me, WTF moment of 2021 was when the Gulf of Mexico was literally on fire. This happened in July of 2021. I'm sending you a YouTube video on the chat right now. Shakisha. It's a quick video shows you the fire going on with it's, it's like a a giant fireball in the middle of a massive body of water and like three little boats
1: trying, trying
0: put to out. put it out and not not having much success so uh what happened was a um a uh there was a rupture of a flammable gas uh a pipeline a gas pipeline that ruptured and caused the flammable flammable gas to ignite and begin seeping into the gulf creating this extremely disturbing image of a giant fireball in the middle of the gulf of mexico uh Last year, I talked a little bit about some effects of climate change on the 2020 WTF. And uh, unsurprisingly, the trend has continued and, and makes its way into the 2021. Do you remember this? Do you remember when this happened,
1: Shikisha? I do not. Oh, my God. You never saw this before? I never saw this before. Dude,
0: that actually... Uh, speaks to just the inundation of crazy shit that happened. All right, well, so we could get your reaction in real time. What, how do you feel?
1: Oh, the that's insane that the, the ocean is just flammable now. Like, it just will burst into flames. Like, Yeah,
0: there's something about water being on fire that is extremely off-putting. I'm because not, it's I'm not, not
1: water, that. it's Sterno at this point.
0: I'm not feeling the vibe, you know. <laughs> and you're so, like that,
1: out there with your pans, like a buffet on the ocean.
0: I can't believe you never saw that before. That's amazing. I've that, never
1: seen that before. That, that
0: image, well, and I'm sure for cool. you now, that image is burned into my head forever. My and am,
1: wow! Oh, yeah,
0: that's crazy. So how about, are you,
1: they're they're fishing that. Oh, oh. Yeah,
0: unbelievable! Right. So you're number five. WTF for 2021?
1: My number five. <laughs> Someone's going to be angry with me for saying this. Pete Davidson dating Kim Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> it's my number five, right? <laughs> um, and I feel this. This is how I feel. I feel like Pete must be one of the coolest, most laid-back dudes. That's that's one theory. He's like he's just so super cool, so yeah. super laid-back. He's successful. You know, he's doing his thing.
0: He apparently has um, a gigantic. Package. yeah
1: he's a comedian and to so give that rock star vibe but i also feel a little bit like remember like after george bush his two terms i feel like there's no barack obama if george bush hadn't fucked up so badly Fair. so yeah being married to kanye west opened <laughs> a door to a pete davidson it opened up a you know, it's like an effect. It's like cause because, you know, you had your marriage. Yeah. You are now uh, open to dating Pete Davidson. I don't I don't see it. It's very like it gives very for for my generation It's very Limp Biscuit. What was his name? Fred Durst. It's very Fred Durst. It's very Limp Biscuit. Like, mm, uh, Okay.
0: yeah, this is the, I, so, the,
1: the dirty boy effect. Yeah, right. I, and i know like machine gun kelly and megan fox like, oh I'm my like, god what? that's
0: that i actually that that could that definitely is an honorable mention for <laughs>
1: 2021
0: i don't get the pete davidson thing i know this is such a, a like stock take like so many people feel this way but this is truly what i i don't think he's a bad person like, I, I, he, I seems know. like he seems like a nice enough guy and he seems yeah. like you know uh doing the best that he can. Absolutely. Like, you know, clearly he's, he struggles with some depression, anxiety. Like yeah. he doesn't seem harmful. I don't want to say that. Like, but
1: yeah.
0: I just, I just don't find him that funny or, or charming. Like, uh, and I, I know so many people say this, like people talk about like, well, how are all these women attracted to him? And, and yes. the, the joke is he's got this nine inch dick that people talk about. I saw, listen, that, I
1: didn't want to be the one that said it. I didn't want to be the one. That's always what people say, right? but that's, whatever we watch he sweatpants like he wears real baggy sweatpants so we figure in you know
0: yeah if and you i've tried it, if you i've, I've it tried the right,
1: the right way you might find out something
0: <laughs> I, i've tried i uh you know we watched king of staten island which was the um you how know, was mo- that the movie that he made starring him uh not great not 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 very impact it didn't really make an impression on me at all i was i found it kind of just drab and boring like kind of the worst possible reaction you can have like i didn't
1: i was getting zach remember that movie zach grafted um yes i was getting garden state but it's not like that.
0: no so garden State. i
1: haven't seen it i haven't seen it that's
0: not it's not it like i i enjoyed garden state i'll say at least when it came out
1: right
0: garden state was saved in a lot of ways by having a phenomenal soundtrack uh, okay. I, 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 I always felt, felt like it was such a good soundtrack that it helped elevate the rest of the movie. Got it. If Island is just doesn't even have a banger soundtrack. So it's like, mm. yeah, I don't know. We watched it. I think we watched it earlier this year. The, obviously the last two years have just been a complete blur, but uh, <laughs> I think we watched it the last in the last year and, uh, I don't yeah. have many impressions of it at all. It just was like, like a void through me, you know? So I feel like that's not a good sign. Okay. But, so, okay. David's inning and, and Kimmy K. But and I, K- K- I, I, I get your so K- point that about my K- 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 five. That, is, that is definitely true. Okay, my number four: the ivermectin craze. So, uh, this was a weird one, um, very 2021 moment uh, of the pandemic. So, uh, as I understand it, ivermectin is a drug that can be used to treat certain parasites, uh, and there is a version of it for humans. Um, you know, if a human has a parasite or something, they could take ivermectin. But However, you know, because the world is the way that it is, this year, a rumor started that ivermectin can effectively treat and even prevent COVID-19. So during the summer, people began trying to get ivermectin, ivermectin from their doctor, but because doctors wouldn't write a prescription for people who, uh, you know, who didn't need this drug, didn't have a parasite, people began buying an over-the-counter version of ivermectin meant to treat horses. It was a horse paste. You may remember this happening, Chakisha, and the... Uh, so sadly this actually wound up causing a lot of people to poison themselves inadvertently um and actually a couple of people lost their lives taking ivermectin a uh, a drug that the far right was pushing as a solution to covid-19 um yeah that happened this year that's that's the world we're living in now where there's propaganda about drugs uh to treat the pandemic and uh people buying into it and taking drugs and, and a couple of people ended up actually killing themselves, which is very sad, but uh, that's where we are. Do you remember Ivermectin? I've, if you don't, I'm, I'm jealous of you.
1: <laughs> Sadly, no, I am so <laughs> embarrassed by that because I've had to really limit the things that I allow into my sphere So many things going on, so much news, um, day in, day out. um, That, yes, that is an escaper for me. I swear. So, me and whoever is in the audience right now, like, I know, okay, that's interesting. Like I said, I want you, you, buddy, because me and you are, yep, we're out of the loop. If you
0: don't remember it, I am jealous of you. I wish I could wipe the memories (laughs) from my brain. Uh, I am way too online, and uh, I have a very um morbid interest in what's going on with the far right in America right
1: now. So uh, there you go. I get yeah. a
0: lot of these storylines and uh not fun. Do not enjoyable, yes. Disaster tourism all. in a sense. So uh your number four.
1: My number four is um a little more somber, but it is and it, just that because it's my number four, it shows how much bullshit happened throughout the year. Um, my number four is during the Ahmad Arbery trial, the defense attorneys um, had a sidebar with the judge asking that, there, well, stating that there were too many pastors, influential you know, pastors I in the gallows. Do they call them gallows anymore? I believe
0: they do. Well, I, I know. Well, in the audience,
1: audience, in the yeah, audience, there yeah, were too sure. many uh, pastors in the audience mm-hmm. and requested that they not show up anymore, yeah. that there'd be less pastors supporting. That they
0: were influencing the, the jury. jury.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but like we're being, yeah, influencing the jury. So, yeah, now that's how much bullshit is going on there. That's only, no, that's number four. They're that's number four. I
0: know, They're I know. I, I, I do feel in some ways that 2021, I don't know if I want to say has been worse, but it's been just as it's been the same level as 2020
1: yeah. at least. Yeah. It's been a
0: lot of crazy shit going on. A lot Absolutely. of crazy
1: shit. Absolutely.
0: So moving on some more crazy shit that happened this year. Number three for me is uh billionaires race to space while millions starve here on earth. Uh, the space race. I'm sure you remember this one, Shakisha, in July of 2020, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and that Virgin Mobile guy whose name I didn't feel like looking up when I was doing my research—you know, <laughs> the other guy—I didn't. You know who he is? Like I didn't. Branson.
1: I didn't, Branson. Whatever.
0: Char, what's his name? Charles Branson.
1: <laughs> Charles, Charles, Charles Branson. Charles.
0: <laughs> what's his What's his first name? Do you remember? Richard, Richard Branson, Richard Branson, (laughs) Charles. I wish it was Charles Branson. That would be (laughs) anyway. The Virgin Mobile guy. They all did their inaugural voyages into space uh, with Bezos. Bezos since doing a few more trips. Um, I found out one of these trips to space produces up to 300 tons of carbon dioxide. uh, dumps 300 tons of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. for a scale on that, on how much carbon dioxide that is, the average American's carbon footprint over the course of their entire life is less than 20 tons. So one of these trips is dumping Uh. 300 tons of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, the space race with Bezos, Musk, and the other guy. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, what do you even say? Like, I remember having conversations with people about this where like, you know, they were sort of defend defending the billionaires and saying like, you know, agreeing that they should pay taxes, but saying like, it's the government's issue. And like, no, these are not good people. This was not a good thing. Like they're, they're not innovating anything. We've already been to space. Like, you know, we have a whole government program dedicated to that actually it's called NASA. And uh, yeah, to, to just like, to have them have enough money, and enough ego to do all this while you've got people all over the world just in living in you know
1: well so so the one thing i can say about people who are successful i won't go rich i'll just say successful Mm -hmm. is that they're planning ahead um and that's fair you you have to kind of read the signs and this world is gone to shit i live in jersey city and It's been light jacket weather (laughs) in December. Yeah, That's unheard of in December. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, we've had cold, like cold, but this this past week was gorgeous. Has been amazing. Like you can throw on a jean jacket and a hoodie and you're good to go. Um, So it it speaks a lot to how much um, the rich have ruined the earth and are already planning for their escape. Um, Yeah,
0: yeah. For sure. So
1: that's all I'm. That's what I know it to be. And all I want, I've watched all the movies. So what I'm going, to, my next move is going to work, not necessarily for the government, but for some sort of research facility. I just want to be the assistant who carries the briefcase for the guy who has all the answers. Like in Independence <laughs> Day, it was Jeff Goldblum. So I yeah. just want to be the guy you want that to be runs Jeff with Goldblum. Jeff. I just want to run with Jeff Goldblum when he figures it all out.
0: Oh, you want to be and, Jeff Goldblum's assistant? Yeah, so I get the seat, so
1: I could get the seat, and, and some for my fan. Yeah, I'll make sure there's an extra two for you as well.
0: That's not a bad strategy. Just align with them now, and and when it's time to leave the align planet, align
1: with the yeah. dark forces. You think you think the uh, on um on the uh Death Star that those guys wanted to wear the all white suits? No, <laughs> they wanted the benefits, and they wanted to make sure they were on the right side of history. They just wanted to get. They just wanted. Come on, come on.
0: So, uh, Empire. Happy holidays. Sell your soul to the dark side. <laughs> For self preservation, uh, that's the message. <laughs> preservation, man. Self-preservation. It's sad. It's
1: sad that they've ruined yeah. it, and now they want to escape from it. So that's man, what that. That's
0: is. true. How about what's your number three?
1: My number three. See, I, me and you started talking. Like now, I can't stop thinking about the space race. Hold so on, let me go to my <laughs> list. Ah, my my number three is the Omicron variant, or as the <sighs> inter, interwebs likes to call it, the Omarian.
0: Variant.
1: The Omarion. The Omarion variant. Thank
0: you for bringing some levity to this situation.
1: (laughs) It has been, you know, um, I was planning to go to um, Kenya in January. And immediately, like, you know, going through all the processes of getting, you know, like doing all the work to make it happen, Mm -hmm. out of nowhere, there's an alert that out of South Africa, there's a new variant. Um, And that the doors are now closing on different parts of the world again. Um, And quickly, I knew that was going to happen, but quickly after that, California had a couple of cases of this new variant. And I'm sure New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and the rest of the country is going to start seeing that um, come through. People are still getting covid People are still dying from covid. People are still arguing about their rights to wear masks. I watch a show called General Hospital OG since I was five years old and two actors actually were fired because ABC Uh has a mandate on um, the vaccine and they refused because of their their religious rights. Um, Two actors who I happen to love their work as as actors, but um, people were were scared on set. And we're complaining that these people were walking around without masks on without being, you know, vaccinated right. and yeah. they were let go. So it's it's serious. Again, we're we're all here again. And it's real serious. And I, you know, as much as I want to travel more and mm-hmm. whatever, I will definitely have a booster if I decide to. Right. Um, and any subsequent, you know, vaccines.
0: Yeah, uh, I think what I, I was alluding to this a little bit before I said, 2021 has been as hard as 2020. I think. Um, this past week for sure uh, is, is sort of hammering that home for me because in a lot of ways, yeah, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot this week and a lot of ways, you know, we were doing the holiday special last year around the same time, 2020, and we didn't have vaccines or anything yet. Uh, you know, we were still very vaccines were just starting to roll out for healthcare workers. I remember in December of 2020, right. but to the general public, no. And we've had a year now of, the knowledge of of how to, you know, what to do, what's going to be effective at, at tampering down this pandemic about, you know, what's going to help us get to the other side. And it feels in many ways like actually- we're exactly where we were. Right. Like we're exactly where we were last year. And that's it's it's almost more depressing because we've had the year of vaccines and of knowing that masks are effective and you know uh knowing like so so it's 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 not just right it's not just like the the refusal of some people in the united states to take vaccines that's very frustrating but it's also the government's refusal to provide vaccine access to uh you know underdeveloped nations that i mean that's honestly we're not going to get out of this thing until that happens like we need to recognize that we are all connected to every other individual on earth, intrinsically, like every other human alive is connected to you. And until everyone has access to the resources that we have in the United States, there's going to continue to be variants. And, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the, we'll see what happens with Omicron or Amari Kron as you call it. (laughs) But, um, you know, yeah. we're going to keep having issues until we recognize that we need to kind of band together and and not just as a country, but as a as a global population yeah. and provide people in uh, nations that don't have the resources that the United States does the opportunity to protect themselves and and to get on the other side of this thing.
1: I agree with you. And I also state that um, in a lot of ways, well, one, I don't know if it's stemming from those countries that aren't, um, that are more rural. Because underdeveloped underdeveloped means, you know, Mm -hmm. like they're not necessarily, rural is different than underdeveloped, right? Mm -hmm. And it also, but I would say that why, what power does the UN really have to step in and to make things happen? So they are, you know, like, what, like, is there a fund, that could get met. Like, I, I don't
0: know. I don't know. Well, uh, I, I mean, I can tell you, so, you know um, I'm not necessarily suggesting rural, I'm saying poor nations, you know, for lack yeah, of, yeah, a yeah, term.
1: Yeah. Like, okay, you know, okay. India,
0: like Delta, the Delta yeah, yeah. variant started in India because we allowed wow. India to there at one point, India had like close to a billion cases or something. And uh, you know, I'm sorry, it, it wasn't that many, but it was, a, it was like millions of cases and, that that all at that time that was happening like May June July if we had at that time the U S government has not vaccine, forced yeah. Pfizer or Moderna to release the patents to allow other countries to start manufacturing these vaccines the U S yeah. could a release the patents so countries are able to do you know uh, yeah, but I also provide understood. provide understood. the technological yeah. resources to do so okay. like the U S probably has the resources within our own borders to produce enough that vac- I mean we we've had. Yeah. How many doses have, I I don't know the number, but there's been millions of doses that have been wasted because they expired. Why not? If there are people in the United States who aren't willing to take them, like the vaccination rate in the US has gone down considerably. Like all the people who were willing have kind of done it already, right? Right. Like start releasing those. uh, I'm not saying I have the definite answer, but I'm saying I know that- Something
1: can be done and we're not- Super
0: protective, yeah. And it's like, this is an unprecedented situation and it requires unprecedented action. Right. You're so right. Like maybe there is no oh. blueprint for what to do, yeah. but like that should be the, the goal and the focus right now. It shouldn't be,
1: I agree.
0: Pfizer needs to protect their patent so that they can make, you know, an extra billion, billion. and a half dollars yeah. in the next <laughs> quarter. Like they're good. They're good. Like, yeah. you know, so yeah, it's been super frustrating. And I just feel like greed. It's going to, it's greed and it's, and it's going to go on until we realize like we're all connected and the poorest person. On planet Earth is connected to you and I the same way and and everyone else because that's how viruses work they transmit human to human and and so yeah I mean it's been a very very frustrating year to say the least and uh, so that that was year number three Uh, it's not getting any any sunnier here for for me at all
1: at all this one I'll uh, I'll see you soon
0: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) duck out this one. happened recently and I thought very hard about putting it putting it at number one. It's um quite disturbing, but uh having number early,
1: two you did number you did number two already.
0: This is my number two now. I thought about putting this at number one. Got
1: inside. it. Got it.
0: My number two is uh a modern slave trade was found in Georgia earlier this month, uncovered. Um this was uh from the Atlanta journal journal constitution on December 3rd writes A years-long human trafficking operation trapped migrant workers in, quote, modern-day slavery on South Georgia farms, according to a federal indictment unsealed in late November. Victims include over 100 laborers smuggled from Mexico and Central America into brutal and inhumane working conditions. Under the threat of gun violence, uh, some were allegedly forced to dig for onions with their bare hands, earning only 20 cents for each bucket harvested at least two people died on the job. Another was allegedly, uh, raped repeatedly. My goodness. Um, and when not in the fields, these workers were detained in camps surrounded by electric fences. It's, it's modern day slavery. I mean, that the, the article oh. says it, that's what it was. This was December of this year. This was uncovered a years long operation of Hispanic, uh, immigrants being held against their will, uh, working basically for free, uh, Very, very upsetting news, and like I said, I definitely thought about putting this at number number one. It's um, very indicative, I think, of uh, you know we've made some progress, but how far we we have to go as a as a society.
1: Wow, and it's not unheard of that folks who are refugees or immigrants. This is like a long-standing problem of people you know wanting to get out of situations in one country being promised you know raising amounts of money or giving whatever they can whatever the the agreed upon amount is to only be turned into you know yes there's no other way to say if you work if you're working with slaves yeah that's (laughs) slave labor um with the you know uh with the idea that eventually they'll be let go or get out um but this is a really old tale. I'm surprised yeah. that they found it happening in a farm in Georgia. Uh, when you said Georgia, I thought you were talking about, you know, Eastern Europe, yeah, but nah. you're talking about USA, Georgia, much obliged, USA. Georgia. And that's insane. Um, yeah. And whew, OK, I'm just going to hop into my number two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting heavy and my number two is heavy as well um and i'm bringing you back to the Ahmad arbery trial um so in closing arguments the defense attorney for uh the michaels who uh they represent her name was a uh, laura hoag mm-hmm. um and of in one of her final statements she said Turning Ahmaud Arbery into a victim after the choices that he made does not reflect the reality of what brought Ahmaud Arbery to Satilla shores in his khaki shorts with no socks to cover his long, dirty toenails. (coughs) And for me, I just was, and from my understanding, his mother was in the courtroom at the time, had to get up and walk away. And there was like an audible reaction from people who were sitting in the audience listening um, to this, like that is a desperate move. Um, And I see why people kind of hate defense attorneys. Like if Mm -hmm. I ever had any trouble, of course you want a good one, but yeah, right. Like that was a low blow. That young man was running, yeah, you know, yeah. like to call cause feet dirty after he was running away for, to, for his life.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, falling down in the ground after being shot. Like what?
0: Yeah. Th- I actually, I want to say thank you for mentioning, mentioning that trial twice on this, because I, I feel like that trial and and what happened to Ahmaud Arbery uh, was very much overlooked. Um, you know, in this this year it was overshadowed by the Kai and Kyle Rottenhouse uh, trial. Mm-hmm. You know that that oh, definitely well. got more media attention. Um, and then in 2020, he was kind of forgotten because George Floyd happened, George and, Floyd, and that became the right. dominant story. Um, right. So, uh, it's, so thank you for bringing it up. Uh, you know, the man was murdered, like point blank no no it's it's not there's no gray
1: not it's black and white
0: the the man was murdered and um you know mm. i i get what you mean their their defense attorneys sometimes have a have a rotten job to do right sometimes you have to defend people who but yeah to to attack the character like to to go that route to to suggest that mm. he was doing anything other than well living his life peacefully not disturbing anyone like it's i don't know how you sleep at night if you're if you're saying things like that about you know yeah. if you're have any conscience at all how can you live with yourself saying things like that yeah. um yeah it's <laughs> it's just yeah like I'm, i'm glad that they were convicted of course but mm. yeah as so many people have said true justice would mean that he was never murdered and lynched in the first place
1: right amen um
0: and and a man lost his life a family lost their son you know their brother um and it's it's just
1: a regular dude man just a regular dude like he wanted to be an electrician he just Mm -hmm. wanted to live you know just a guy just a guy
0: it feels a lot like, like my number two with, you know, uh, with, with the modern day slavery in some ways you're like, how can this, like one side is, is shocked by it. Right. Like how can this right. still be happening? But then the other side, and this is the sadder part of it is not, you know, it's, it's not that shocking because we we've seen, you know, what this country was built on and, and what the roots of this country are. And and like I said, the fact that we still have so long to go. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, you know, Ahmaud Arbery, yeah. Breonna Taylor. She still hasn't uh gotten justice for, for what happened to her, murdered in cold blood. And um
1: What was the name of the musician? The the guy who the police attacked little guy, early twenties. Um, he was just walking along um and they basically opened him to death. Um,
0: I don't even remember that one.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. You know?
0: Then that's how that's like how fucking <laughs> shitty the situation is that things like that can and go you have it. so
1: many like there's so many names to call on. Yeah. that you can't even like keep up yeah yeah
0: yeah that's yeah. so uh moving this on number one. number one uh you know i had said just talking about uh you know the rot that this country is built on and um i picked this one because uh I mean, I, I I don't think anything else could have been number one, but also we hadn't really had a chance to talk about it on the show. Because,
1: I know right. already know because it's my number one, too. I had oh a feeling my it God. might be. You know, you know, you have to say, you, I mean, we're, I'm we're, going to we're say fine. it, but I know. I it know, was the insurrection,
0: January 6th, 2021. Oh. Uh, the most WTF moment of the show so far, <laughs> I think. <maybe. laughs> the insurrection. And we never had a chance to talk about it on the show. We no. were kind of just living, hibernating in our holes when this thing happened, justifiably, because look yeah. what was going on in the world. January 6th, 2021, we all remember what happened. Mm. A bunch of fucking crazy psychos attacked the uh, the Capitol when what? the electoral votes were being counted, killed five individuals. Jeez. Uh Several more injured, seriously injured. This is the uh, Blue Lives Matter crowd, by the way, who who are killing these police officers. Yeah. I don't think we've ever actually talked about it. I don't think we we've have- ever actually had a conversation about it. So I'm curious to, to get your reaction or your thoughts. And you know
1: what's funny? Your number one is not my number one. And yet now I, I regret my number. I don't regret it. I regret it, but you are so right. So when it all <laughs> went down, there was this sense of like... Sort of like, I don't know how to explain it. Other than, I sat there like, mm, yeah, yeah. But had it been a had it been a Black Lives Matter rally just outside of that space, how different oh the God, entire yeah. situation would have looked. Mm-hmm. How different everything would have been. Um, and I've seen uh, BLM rallies and protests, peaceful protests become shit shows because the police were yeah. in force gas, um tear gassing people, beating people. Um, but for whatever reason, the police force was never um called. Um there were municipality issues because that particular uh space that they invaded is a federal police. Yeah. So yeah. the D.C. police couldn't the D.C. Metro couldn't get involved. We're never called to get involved. And it was just I have never in my life seen anything like that other than what you read in the history books about, yeah. you know, the the tea, um, the tea party or, you know, the England, the revolution, yeah. the revolutionary war um, and how quickly for me they were spun as heroes and victims mm-hmm. and. Yeah. You know Americans and humans, and you know <laughs> thugs and and everybody who was associated with BLM were thugs. Mm-hmm. So it's just, oh my god! So so many things. So yeah, many
0: I mean things. it's the it's the event to to showcase the hypocrisy of the whole thing, right? Like you're saying, yeah. you know the the they were immediately spun as patriots and Patriots, and, uh, right. you know and but yeah if you're a peaceful protester for black lives matter you're a thug like you said that word uh i'm sure in closed circles the worst yep. language is used and yep. um yeah it just showcased the whole hypocrisy and and the thing that you said uh is something i heard a lot was uh you'd never seen anything like that and i never had either and i remember some of my older relatives saying you know i just couldn't believe that that was happening here in the united states and the thing yeah. that i wanted to say was like i i i find it a bit shocking too but we better recognize that it's real it happened and it wasn't a one-time event you know right. the the it, w- it was a, a test run um we're in a very very precarious state as a as a nation right now and um I, it's it they're going to try again you know the the this plan didn't work but um, you see it now with the uh, the voting rights restrictions and stuff being passed down state by state there. There is a fascist movement in the United States, and it's growing in power and momentum. And I January 6th and
1: quietly was... and quietly, because Trump is no longer like the 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 leaders are sort of quietly placing things.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, and also scarier, because
1: which is scarier,
0: mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very alarming. And also because the media continues to treat both parties as if like, you know, we need to be uh, unbiased and just stay out of it and not call it for what it is. Like yeah. the national media is completely afraid of of calling this out as a fascist movement. And that's 100 percent what it is. And now we're starting to see all these text messages with elected officials and stuff that are coming out. All the different people who were involved, who we are, we all suspected were involved. You're now getting cr- crystal clear evidence that they were
1: yeah
0: and and the the there's been no consequences for anyone of of power you know people who are on the ground have gotten jail time and stuff but those people are pawns in this anyone who is a higher up who was involved has not faced any real consequences um and it's pretty scary it's pretty scary because uh we're we're very quickly moving into uh, what I think could be the death of our country as we know it, and we all have our criticisms of the United States, but uh, I'm not really too keen to to go the fascist right wing yeah. <laughs> route. You know, um, yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy year. So uh, you said your number one was different from mine. Actually, we thought we had the same thing. So I
1: okay. because it was, but wait till you hear you hear mine. Because I really feel like, and I'll, let me just say what it is. For me, my number one is the Kyle, as you called him, Rotten House verdict. Mm, very good one. And, and the reason why what you're saying kind of trickles into how related. what we're talking about is because for me, everything that happened in that trial was for me a message to not only people who are Black Lives Matters movement folks? Like who are in the movement of protecting Black lives, but at, but allies as well. You can get it too if you're an ally. Watch your back because we because yeah. anyone who stands for that, any if if you even try to stand for that, yeah, we will make sure that nothing will come to those who hurt you.
0: It's the same forces at work and the insurrection and the kyle ran absolutely the same exact absolutely. forces you're so right i mean
1: so how right. do you how does how does a a person who's uh, who's not even 21 get a chance to select their jury how do you tell the the prosecution not to use the word victim stacked for the people deck. who were murdered
0: yeah. stacked deck yep there's this it was a deck, a deck stacked against the the victims of of his crime yeah of his murder
1: Every single thing that happened. So it wasn't even so it's not even a matter like of, uh, you know, jail time, manslaughter. Nothing comes from that. Nothing. I mean, the families can now, I guess, do a civil uh, civil suit against him like he can't like I would stop him from writing books, telling stories, doing anything publicly if that was me, um, because this guy, he didn't come from anything. So it's not like you're going to get money from him. But if he does get money for a book, every dollar should come to me in mind. So that is a possibility. But the fact is that trial was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. And the other though, the saddest part about it is I'm not even fucking surprised. That's the worst part. Yeah, I'm not fucking surprised.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone was. We, I think anyone who is aligned with, with our political views and, and the way that we think we all could see what was coming. You you could see it as soon as the judge said, you're not allowed to call them victims. That, that was like it. Like as soon as that happened, I was like, clearly this is not, this is going to be a farce. This isn't going to be a real trial. And the judge then threw out the charges that he was most likely to get convicted of, right? Uh, yeah. Illegally possessing a firearm and crossing right. state lines. The judge just happened to throw those charges out. You know, it's, yeah, <laughs> I mean- <laughs>
1: Every single thing that could happen, happen. I truly hope that the citizens of that state, of that county, of that parish, I don't know what it's like there, but I sincerely hope that they get his ass out of office immediately, get him off of the bench, out of there. He needs to get off of that bench right now. I know for a fact he's this is his this would not be his first offense because it was yeah. it's too readily available, too easily done, too easily done. I'm very upset about that, that <sighs> verdict.
0: Yeah, justifiably so. It's been uh, a real shit show of a year, huh?
1: 2021!
0: <laughs> <2021. laughs> on that note, WTF 2021. What the fuck?
1: Womp, womp, womp. What? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck,
0: Richard? What the fuck? All right. WTF 2021.
1: Very passionate, and, very passionate.
0: Very passionate, yes. Uh, the, <laughs> you're finding the silver lining. It was a, a bit of a downer, and uh, but you know that's that's the way the year has been. But now we're going to move away from the downer that was 2021 and move into something a little bit more uplifting. Because as I said earlier, we have another installment of Art of the Grind, and this week's guest, this is probably my favorite. I'm not even going to say probably is my favorite guest we've ever had on the show because it is my dear co-host shakisha williams i'm gonna read the bio i'm gonna i'm gonna gas you up on the other side but
1: now it's time to talk
0: to our special guest shakisha williams this is art of the grind Shakisha Williams is here. She's in the studio with us. This is Art of the Grind. She's actually not in the studio with us because, (laughs) uh, you know, we're still in the pandemic. So we're We're on a Zoom call. We're virtually. She's in the virtual studio with me. So Shakisha Williams, I found this uh, this bio on her official IMDb. Shakisha Williams is a producer and director known for the hit series Kirby Girls Rock and the short film My Story. Uh, I know for a fact she's also worked on several other projects, including a few music videos, and uh, she's a producer on shows like QT series. Uh, so, Shakisha, you know, she's got a, a nice little uh, list of running credits there as a filmmaker and, and working in the film uh, industry. But something, you know, I obviously know Shakisha personally, and, and something that I wanted to say before we got into the interview is, uh, oh, you know, I wanted to say something about the energy that Shakisha brings as a person because. You know, Shakisha, we met working, and you know, we we worked together for a little while before we started doing the podcast, before we became friends and all that. Something I can say about every single person who I have ever, whoever like either knew you from work or who I've introduced to you, they all fucking love you, and I think that's because you you have such a unique and amazing energy that you bring, and you know, it's just like. It's it's pretty wild for for me as a person who uh, I think can sometimes rub people the wrong way to see someone who is so universally beloved I think and uh, I I will say quite admittedly I think is a big reason why this show has been successful so far I think people come for Shakisha and then they stay for the white boy maybe but uh I you know I I just I think. The, not just to your work, but just the energy that you bring to, to life in general is very inspiring. And I think you see that in the way that you affect people around you, because you certainly do have an effect on people around you. And so yeah. I'm super excited to talk to you today about all that and about your work. Welcome. Is
1: so uncomfortable. This is so Good. Uncomfortable.
0: You made me uncomfortable oh last year. So I wanted to, to build you up a little bit and make you feel a little uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> you, you suffer from the same thing that I do, which is the inability to kind of accept that, you, that you, I, you're yeah, awesome.
1: It, hurt. it yeah. hurts, yes, but thank so. you. It was very nice. Thank you, Ryan. You're
0: welcome, of course. Uh, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Like I said, last year, we did uh, an interview with me, and uh, you know, I thought we're doing the holiday special again this year. Why not flip it around and talk to you about your work? So let's get yeah. into it. Uh, let's go. We, we've talked about filmmaking before, but we, I don't think we've really had in-depth conversations about you and your approach to work. So yeah. My first question for you is, I want you to tell me about a film that either changed your life or made you want to become a filmmaker. Tell me about, you know, the movie, or it could be the moment where you said, that's what I want to do.
1: Oh, my God. There are actually two. I'm embarrassed by the first. Please don't come for me in the comment section. Please. I was a kid at the time. I was a kid, kid, like seven, eight, nine, kid. (sighs) embarrassing it was called soul man and it was a oh god it was about this white dude who wanted to get into harvard rich white dude wanted to get into harvard so he took a tanning pill to become a black guy <laughs> and he took the pill he somehow the hair turned or he put on a curly wig and people yes. thought that he wasn't a white guy in blackface everything today about that movie is quite wrong every single piece of that movie is wrong yes what i enjoyed though about the film was james earl jones also was in that movie and there were parts and even in my young brain i understood his elegance Mm. and i understood his brevity like i knew what like i knew it was like i knew it was james earl jones but i understood he was james earl jones yes so even in all of that foolery, and I had to watch that movie at least once a week for years because <laughs> this was in the days of VHS, and you didn't really own VHS tapes. You usually rent it, yeah. and if you were lucky, you had two, so you could tape the rental, mm-hmm. and then when your friends come by, you're like, "Well, I got the tapes. Let's go." Um, and then there was another movie that I take myself straight from television. It was called Guys and Dolls. It starred Marlon Brando, mm. Frank Sinatra, and. I understood the brevity of Marlon Brando and Frank Sinatra, no one had to tell me what that was. Like I understood that the skinny kid in the oversized zoot suit was like dope. Like I understood like he was dope and I understood Marlon Brando, he wasn't singing well, but he was dope. Like, they had, like, swag. And I wanted to make things that people felt the way I did. Like, could connect mm. to something. Could laugh. Could smile. I wanted to be a part of something that made people feel the way I felt. Like, transformative. um, Something that took you outside of yourself. And definitely the Matrix is one of those. Every oh, time yeah. it happens in our society, I'm like, <laughs> Matrix. Matrix is
0: fantastic. Yeah.
1: VR. VR. All that VR. The Oculus shit. I'm yeah. Like Matrix, they're getting you ready. It's like the metaverse,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's so true. Are, are you excited to see the uh, the remake that are you? Know, don't
1: even act, I am like every day is at the 22nd. I'm, I'm ready. ready for it too. It looks I'm really ready, good, man. yeah. That it's original Matrix, Yeah,
0: really, really uh, a, f- a phenomenal film. You know, the, you can say what you want about the trilogy, but that first one was. Woo! It's definitely a game changer, James Earl Jones. I love James Earl Jones. I I mean, yeah. what what more can you say? That's a that's funny though that like you you locked in on the feeling more than anything else. You know the Absolutely. the desire to to make people feel the way that you did. I feel like that's kind of a unique answer. You know, in yeah. some ways. So uh, you we were talking before on the intro, you know about how we suffer from similar uh, imposter syndrome, we'll say. And we, we yeah. obviously have done a whole episode on this. Um, and I had this on my list of questions. I was going to ask a little bit later on, but I feel like it's a good time to ask it now because we were already talking about it. But, you know, uh, we both suffer from a, imposter syndrome. So my question is, like, how did you know when you were a filmmaker? Like, was there a moment where you said, like, wow, I'm doing this? Uh, are you still searching? I, I mean, I, I think, you know, you are a filmmaker. so I'm gonna say, are you still searching? But like... Was there one time where something happened and you were like, this is it? Like, I'm living kind of what I envisioned.
1: Um, You know, it wasn't even a good day. Like, I'm going to be 1000% with you. So... I went to film school and I always felt like because I was a good producer, like people would try to keep me in a box. So I always felt like being around other people, they tended to think of me in a certain way. And I'm like, no, I'm more than this. I'm just more. I'm more. I'm a writer. I'm this. I'm that. But I was never tagged for those things. So I'm like, okay, eventually I'll get there. I had a situation. I won't call names. I won't say what the project was, but I was still living in Atlanta. There were a lot talked about being homeless on the show once. And it was during a time when I'd just been evicted from my apartment. Mm -hmm. But I promised that I'd be a part of this production. And when I tell you every single sling, every single arrow, every single thorn, every single thing that could be said about somebody was it happened to me on that set today I would walk away with no problem. But at the time I had this thing in my head that if I committed to something, I had to stick with it. Right. Mm -hmm. And for me, that always meant something sticking with what I tell people and doing exactly what I promise. Eh. But I knew then even with all that was happening on set, Mm -hmm. someone at the end of it came up to me and said, uh, actually, the person who gave me a lift home that day, she came up to me and she said, you know what, Shakisha? I want you to know something. I watched you. I watched what was going on on set. I didn't like it. And I didn't, you know, like shout it out or anything, but I want you to know that there is something unique about you, that you were there in this weirdness and still kept your light about you. You were still able. And I knew what, when she said that I was like, it wasn't the light. It was that I love what I do. Mm. I love this life. I love being on set. You know, you get back aches. I forget to eat when I get on set because I'm working and I'm doing things. Even when I'm like pre production, I'll forget to eat. I'll forget to do other things because I'm so zoned in. Everything about production, I love. I, on my set, when I'm director, I turn on music on the set, I make it light. Um, You've been, oh, you've actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it was a little bit different that day because we were doing like this big scene and mm-hmm. uh but yeah like i i like levity i like family i like people to feel i like but, to know yeah. everyone's names i like that feeling of lightness and i love knowing that we're making something that other people going to see and when i get an email or i get a text or i get a dm and they're like oh my god i just love what you did it brings so much joy to me. So I, I knew always that I was going to end up in entertainment. It was either going to be music or film, or I was going to do like a Quincy Jones thing, produce <laughs> and find my way into film. But then I got neurosensory hearing loss. So, you know, being a a, a producer was out um, or audio engineer was out, but I, I then knew film was my, my, my key.
0: So something we talk about, about uh, even with the show, with Shakisha and the White Boy, but honestly, uh, it's it's true of your other work too, is um, you're you're really good at sort of being ahead of trends. Um, mm-hmm. And imposter syndrome, that episode, that was your idea. And that was one of those things where we did that episode. And then like a year later, you're seeing all this conversation about it. And I feel that way about Kirby Girls also. Like Kirby Girls yeah. Rock was definitely um, a bit, at the forefront of the body positivity movement, oh, right? Geez. Like, less, less, <laughs> Like I remember talking about that show with you probably in like 2015, 2016. Like, it, it, it was something that, you know, you worked on for a while and, um, you know, we're still now just sort of getting into the, like the beginning really of that movement, I feel like. So yeah. what I want to ask you is where do you get the inspiration or, you know, where do you find these ideas that, are kind of cutting edge. Cause I, I feel like you're really good at it and there has to be some like secret to your process or something. Right. It's not just like, you know, I mean, it's a talent, of course, but there, I feel like there has to be, you know, something there. Like how did, how do you make that happen? So I mean, consistently? even
1: like in our, even like an hour word, we hearken a lot to what we go through what we like what we dislike our passion so like our conversations whether we text each other like what's this or what's that or like have whatever yeah. that is right so for me with curvy girls specifically i i'm a sex in the city it I'm not I don't know how I feel about the, the new version. I'm verdicts still out. I also I have know. been watching
0: the new version. We don't, uh, we don't okay, need we'll to get down about, in the weeds on it, but we'll,
1: we'll talk about that later. But <laughs> the old version, there was so many things about it that I loved and I love the friendships and I love these women who were New Yorkers and doing their thing, but they never had a plus size woman, they ha- never had a black woman, yeah. Um yeah. girlfriends you know, they were beautiful. They were black. I love the story. I mean, I watched it through all the seasons. Mm -hmm. So for me, I wanted to see women who were like me, who were, you know, plus size, who were doing their thing. And I also didn't want to make it about the body. Like, I love Shrill. That's an amazing show with Aidy Bryant. Such a good show. And there's another show called uh, Pretty for a Big Girl. Like, it's it's a new, uh, like, web series. Like, I love those shows. And not necessarily pretty for a big girl. They do it the same way I did it. Um, but 80 deals with the the body stuff. Um, and I didn't want to do that because I thought representation meant just showing up. Like me and my presence is enough. You, you get it. Like yeah, you see right. who I am. Right, you can right, right. see it. You know, like I don't have to like beat you in the head like, oh, 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 I'm I'm, I'm cause that's not how I run my day. I'm a I'm a woman, so yeah, I might look in the mirror and go, ooh, you know, like I wanna or wear them spikes today or yeah, just yeah. stuff like that. But overall, I wanted to have a represent. I didn't I didn't want the, the girls to just be fat friends. Yeah. That happens a lot in, you know, they don't have love lives, they don't have sexuality, they're not. You know, they're not getting the guy. They might talk about getting the guy, but you never really see them get the guy. Right, right, right. Um. So, yeah, I wanted all of those those parts um, with Curvy yeah. Girl. So that's how what that process was like. And even in oh, uh, something I'm working on now called My Name is Shakisha's It's a documentary. Um. I grew up with a really weird name. I've heard a billion uh pieces in a billion ways i just had a, a conversation with a cab driver who said what does shakisha even mean like in africa well you know he said it'll be the family name and a name that means something and what does shakisha mean i said sir and i told him six times i don't know my yeah. mom said it was keisha and sasha mixed together <laughs> uh, you know but it's not just me it's 136 other shakishas yeah, yeah. in the u.s Born around the same time that I was, and what kind of conversations could that lead to? So, yeah, so that's what it comes from. I just take a lot of my own life,
0: yeah. I mean, I think that's that's certainly uh what like experts tell you to do, right? It's like write what you know, do what you know, uh, you know, make art about your experiences. Um, but I think what you're saying about curvy girls specifically is is really interesting and true because you're right, like you know, someone who's plus size, that's not their entire personality right like you like you said you're not like walking around like i'm the plus size person or like (laughs) you know like there may be things like you said in the mirror where like oh i got to put on the spanks today but like there's not so and it it feels more authentic when it's it's not that that, that's not their whole personality that that's just one you know small segment of who they are so absolutely uh, yeah uh i'm curious you know for curvy girls specifically I know because I knew you when when you were making that show and, and we were talking a lot of you know we, we vented to each other a lot about our processes yeah. and, and the challenges we were going so I know you underwent a lot of difficulty when you were making that um yeah. you know I remember for example at one point you lost a bunch of footage like I remember mm-hmm. talking to you about going to and taking the hard drive and praying like some right. of that could be recouped and and that not and happening and I thank
1: you for that by the way
0: yeah, I, I, I remember, um, you know, it taking you a few times to try and get the appropriate funding, like having to do, you know, a bunch of crowdfunding and, and you know, doing that a, 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 at least like three times, I can remember. At least,
1: at um, least. It may have been more, but at this, least.
0: And I remember the shooting schedule ended up being, you know, a lot longer than you initially planned. So I actually have two, you know, it was all these different things sort of conspiring against you in some ways. And so I have two questions to ask you about that. My first is, how did you yourself manage to stay motivated and focused on the goal of the show throughout all of that? Like, I'm sure there were times that you wanted to quit to just give up. How did you keep it going? And then my second is you were going through all that, but not just only like you had a full cast and crew who were making the show with you and they were undergoing all these difficulties too. So you kept yourself motivated. I want to know how you did that, but I'm also curious how you managed to keep everyone else sort of focused eye on the prize committed to the project as it went through all these difficulties.
1: Absolutely. So I would say first and foremost, it was my team, particularly Tiffany Taylor. Um, You met her, you and her did a, a King Kunta. Uh, yes. Karaoke together <laughs> um, and Randall Holloway um, who were in the trenches with me Always, you know, making sure everything was good. Um, uh, my boy Sean Nathis came um down and was Former a guest. part of production. All right, God, yeah, Sean. <laughs> um, he came down. I had some amazing DPs, Yanyel, um, and like Yanyel Paulino and um Maya Kaczynski. Uh, and I know I mispronounced your name, Maya. Don't kill me. Um, I, I, honest to God. The people were the reason I kept going. Um, I am really good when I am beholden to other people. I'm really good when I have to honor a commitment, right? Um, I might have to change a date, but I'm I'm going to keep going. Sometimes it gets hard when you're in the weeds and the thickets, and you're like, oh man. And what I've what I will say is what I know like I know from that process is. And I tell people this when I I've I recently begun consulting on the crowdfunding aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know what is at the end of it. I had so many dope opportunities. I had an opportunity to write for um, a televised gala for Ebony magazine for the Power 100. Yeah. I had an opportunity to work with some amazing folks in other fields and to be a part of, you know, panels and to have different opportunities to work with different body positive influencers, plus size influencers in the space that, you know, having Lane Bryant show up to uh, financially support the, the launch party. Mm-hmm. Um, like these things happen because I kept going. I can tell anyone right now who is tackling something that they're not used to, something that they're stepping into that feels unfamiliar. The process is the the thing. Don't worry about the end, right? Know what your goal is, of course. Like, I'm not saying don't know what you, know what your goal is, right? But always remain in the journey because there's so many steps. And the other thing is, nothing happens the way you plan. Murphy, Murphy's law right so I yeah. feel like Murphy is like um a Don Rickles type <laughs> and he c- shows up you know and he's like oh, rah, 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 making a lot of noise you know and you just have to like Murphy you know you're ruining my schedule man you didn't, you done messed up my you done messed up my hard drive man like <laughs> what are you doing you gotta know how to deal with it and be able to pivot and be able to get up um yeah. And like I said, knowing that these actors had committed the time, knowing that these actors would put aside their schedules for me. No, you know, like I had to replace a couple of actresses and that was fine, too. Like, you know, pulling the trigger on things. It taught me a lot about who I am as a leader. It taught me a lot about who I am as someone who really wants this. And am I my capabilities to go to the next level?
0: Mm. What about keeping, uh, you know, the people who did stay on board, like were there moments where they were expressing doubt or frustration to you or did, yeah, you, did sure. you feel like.
1: Like, I'll be honest with you, the people who fell off fell off. Yeah. Like the people who didn't want to be a part of it or who weren't showing up the way they should have, whether they were not prepared for rehearsals, things like that, they fell off. Right. But other people, I was really connected with my uh, cast. We would mm-hmm. do things outside of just, you know, I'd meet up or we'd go to lunch or dinner. Uh, we were constantly rehearsing. Um, so I was always kind of in contact with everyone. Um, so I really didn't have to keep anyone motivated. Like everyone was pretty much, I felt though, like they didn't come to me and say, Shakisha, what Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. I felt that though. Like they have to think that, like they have to be in that mind. Uh, set that what the fuck <laughs> when are we actually on finish this shit girl like what's yeah, up yeah, with yeah. the money? you know things like that so so yeah um they were they were dope like I had an amazing set of people who showed up when I asked them to show up yeah. and so, I couldn't have gotten any better
0: so what about on set then you know filmmaking you know it, it, obviously it sounds like they were super supportive away from the actual production and and yeah. were on board but you know, filmmaking itself is an art form, you know, obviously, but it comes with a fair amount of sort of like administrative or like soft skills too, right? Or like non-artsy things. Like, you know, you have to manage people and personalities on set, manage egos. Like what is your approach, would you say, to that side of it? Like, how do you go about keeping all of the actors' egos satisfied? Um, mm-hmm. you know, but but staying in check also and, and continuing to work toward the same goal and the same vision.
1: I would say I only maybe had like a few like Diva, I won't even call them divas, but diva moments mm-hmm. um, because acting is very scary. There were moments, you know, you're in a bigger crowd and you have to read your lines or, you know, uh, an actor had to act like she was a comedian. Um, and she did a, she, she did a really great job and so did the other actress who was actually acting in front of this huge, it was probably about 90 people on set that day. Mm-hmm. Um, she did amazing. But as far as attitudes, there was very few moments. There were, like I said, there were a few moments. Somebody called me a bitch behind my back, and someone from my um, team came to me and said, "By the way, she called you a bitch." <laughs> I said, "Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm, a, I'm a, a black female director. I'm very like at at first I was more gracious, but the more things that happened, I began to address them. Like right at the, like, no, nah, we're not doing that. Yeah. Like I'm not. No, sorry." um so most of the times when women are in power behind their back they're being called a bitch
0: yeah
1: i'm like i'm i'm on i'm on target i'm doing what i'm supposed to do somebody's gonna call me a bitch because i'm not you know doing it or saying it the way they like it but oh well um so for me the the skills and i'll be honest with you the skills that i learned as an administrator were key in becoming a producer like the call sheets, knowing how to do a budget, all of the things that need that you need to do, even doing SAG paperwork, you know, taking the time and and time management and knowing what the to ask the questions to ask, because mm. at the end of the day, it is a business. Yeah. Um, And having that all set up and, and laid out was kind of key.
0: So let me talk to you about process a little bit. Uh, mm. Which part of making a film or a, or a TV show would you say that you like? best is it the ideation and the writing the initial script is it the actual being on set filming or is it the editing when you're sort of bringing the whole thing you know to life now I know you probably want to say it's all of it because that's all part of the process but Mm -hmm. I'm going to say you can't that's a cop-out you got to pick one which part of one of those three options or it could be something else that I didn't think of definitely being on
1: set I love being on set
0: yeah I love that part Why is it that that stands out to you more than the writing, like the initial creation or the editing where you're sort of finishing, finishing the job, right?
1: Um, Because for me, I think it's like, I'll explain it this way because you're a musician, right? So it's the the, the muse that feels really good, like when it's flowing. So that's dope, right? But like literally right after that comes the real, the work of it. So you know, you're hearing melody and you get everything together. So it's the same with writing. You're you're seeing scenes, you're hearing dialogue, and all of that's flowing out. But then immediately following that comes, okay, that's that's way too much dialogue. That didn't make sense in the scheme of uh, you know, like you have to get to the technical aspect. And even though on set it's all technical aspect, um, as a producer and as well as a line producer and as a director, I really enjoy. There's a moment just like if you're in the audio room when it's all mixed together and that moment was, like, Oh shit. Yes. That, that's the way I wanted it to sound. Yes. That's yeah. how I feel sometimes like I can hear the dialogue that I wrote. And when someone lands on it, the way I heard it in my head, it's like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's it. Yes. There <laughs> you go. So it's just, it's that feeling. That's why but, I like it.
0: I feel like, it's a little bit, I, I see what you're saying about, you know, connecting it to producing music, but I do feel it's a little bit different from music, or at least the way I produce music, because, you know, I have my little home studio here, right? So right. I can lay something down and live with it for a few days or a few weeks and come back to it and decide whether I want to tweak it or not. You have yeah. to know when you're filming something, you have to know in the moment that you have the thing. So I feel like there's, almost uh you need to have a, a a more targeted like radar right of like this is the cool. thing i'm looking for and you also need to be able to think more quickly like i you know yes. you don't have the luxury of like living with a take for you you know once the once the set you know once the production day wraps that's it right like it's in the can and you and you live with what you got so
1: yeah but, but as a is, director i'm not i'm that director that is like rehearsal is mandatory for me yeah because several things I'm a, it's a you know until I get um a big budget indie productions when you're on set it moves really really quickly I love to get chemistry I love the actors to feel connected together have a little rapport before they hit you know the set maybe work out some stuff with them so what they feel good about what they don't feel good about and the process of me saying that didn't work is a lot less yeah i think when you have more uh money for budget maybe rehearsals are necessary but i feel like specifically when it came to like the love scenes when it came to those kind of partnerships that kind of intimacy Mm. people have to be together before that day of in front of you know 20 30 people um yeah to feel comfortable, to have toward for the chemistry to read on set, to read on camera. Um, so for me, it, I I take a lot of you know liberties up front, um, so that the day I'm on set, I, and I tell yeah, the actors sense. like it's gonna move super fast. <laughs>
0: right,
1: right. <laughs> it's gonna move super fast. Yes. I love you. It's not that I don't love you. We've done this already. You've got it. Any changes? I'll let you know. But let's go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you had mentioned budgeting before, and, and that brings me to my next question for you. If you could hire someone to do one job for you right now, whether that be editing or promotion or anything you currently do for your own projects that you're doing yourself, what job would you hire for and why? What's the one thing you would get taken off your plate if you could right now?
1: Getting taken off my plate. I would love a writer's room for a series I'm developing um that I could give them all of the the basics like we can all kind of get together like it's story by Shakisha Williams executive produced by Shakisha Williams yeah. but I would love for it to be a writer's room
0: mm. um
1: mainly and I'll I, and I'm going to be 100% transparent because the story means so much to me and I want to make sure I get it right yeah. um So there's a so unfortunately there's a little fear there. So maybe I would I don't need a writer's room. Maybe I need to confront what that thing is. (laughs) You know, what I mean, like see what that thing is. So I guess a a producer or a money guy, like someone who has the ins and outs for like, you know, grants and funding like that. So, yeah, a money guy.
0: So you mean like someone, uh, you know, who can do grant writing or something along yeah, those lines? Like, yeah, basically. Yeah, that's what okay. I would hire for. Right, that makes now. sense. Writing room. That was a surprising answer to me in some ways. I I wasn't expecting that one. Um, I think probably for the reason that you sort of landed on is like you you kind of already have the vision and can execute. Your, but I also can see where you're coming from with that because I love collaboration, and yeah. and writer's room is is that exactly? You know, it's the ability okay. to have yeah, exactly. Ultimate collaboration. It's your idea, your baby, but you're allowing other people to sort of take it and, and help you get it to where you yeah. want it to go. So, uh, but a money, uh, someone who can get you some funding, that's, that is a smart answer. That's, that's probably the smartest answer you Me could We answer, given. Right.
1: That Cause then I can hire a writer's room if I got the money. Right.
0: Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Like if you can get the money, you can hire any, any of these other jobs. So yeah, you
1: exactly, kind exactly. of
0: like, I, if I were the genie coming out of the lantern right now, you just like wished for more wishes on me. Like <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you Basically. just cracked the code. Damn it. I and, thought I had And a not question. only that,
1: like I don't want it to just be about my stuff. Like I would love to yeah. fund other projects from totally. you know, from underrepresented communities. I absolutely would. So yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah definitely. So uh, if you uh, you know you get the money guy and and, and you get the funding and you, right. you do this great project, and then all of a sudden uh, you, you, you know, you're Shakisha Williams, the superstar filmmaker, instead of the extremely talented filmmaker that we all know and love, like you've, you've blown up, it's happened, right? Yeah. So you get in the room with a studio, with the studio executive of your dreams. And that person wants to give you the opportunity to make anything you want, any topic, any style, it's all your vision, everything you, what is your pitch? What is the, the project that you're, pining to make with that kind of opportunity
1: it's the carter and the queen it's the it's my it's my epic you know it's my boardwalk empire essentially um it's a period piece about two black women from the early 20s one is a major numbers runner like very wealthy one of the Mm. top numbers runners in new york city and she's having beef with dutch schultz um Eunice Carter, who is a uh, assistant VA um, and she's working prostitution cases, but somehow cracks that the that the ring leads back to Lucky Luciano, who's also the uh, head of the five families. Um, so nice. it's got the mob. It's got black women leads. It's it's everything that I want it to be. It
0: sounds dope. What's it, What'd you say? Carter and the king, and the queen, Carter and the queen,
1: because her name was Stephanie St. Clair, but they called her Madam Queen.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So you, you. And get and the- I don't
1: think their paths ever crossed, right? I don't think in real life,
0: yeah, they
1: ever had an intertwining. But because of the stories, and where they and their level of success or their levels of um, accessibility to the mob. Yeah. because Dutch yeah. Schultz was was coming for Stephanie St. Clair's people um, and coming for her her enterprise um, and Lucky Luciano had beef with uh, Thomas Dewey who they wanted his head they wanted his head because he was after the mob for years because um, he was a political guy okay um, and what, a, what better way to make headway than to go after the mob so yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: I love that one that that is a I mean, I we gotta make that happen at some point. I, I feel like know. You know? <laughs> that's, a, that's a phenomenal right. idea. Yeah. So on that note, and it doesn't have to necessarily be for that project, but uh similarly a, a similar question. You can work with any three actors. Um yeah. you know, anyone you want. Who are your top three you, you know, you're picking? You can pick any person in the world. Hmm. Give me three oh, that you're God. picking to work with.
1: Okay. I'm going to say the things that scare me. Okay. I would work with. Wow. My God. The the names, just the two names, the first two names came to mind, scared the shit out of me. It would be Oprah Winfrey. Mm. Denzel Washington. Okay. Who's my third? I'm thinking fast bender or really fast bender or pit. Huh?
0: You are in deep thought or you're frozen. I can't tell. <laughs> I think you uh, no,
1: it. I was in deep thought. I was frozen in deep <laughs> thought. Yeah. fastbender or pick. Wow. Fassbender. You could take him. Yeah. My internet's unstable. So maybe I am paused.
0: No, can I, I can hear you. You're coming through. Yep. You're coming through. Okay.
1: Okay. Um, hmm. Yeah. I would say fastbender, because he takes more, he's he's more liberal with his choices
0: he's a bit more of a risk taker these days he's way more of a risk
1: he's all his whole career has he's been more of a risk taker yeah
0: a younger brad pitt i I would say was probably on that level but he certainly is leveled out into you know not i mean he's like
1: he's more uh, both of them actually are more elder statesmen now sure but i feel like a good project to pitch to to fassbender he's not afraid to go there
0: so you said oprah winfrey and denzel washington were your first two and you say that that scares you
1: yeah. Why does
0: that scare you?
1: Um, so for me, I would totally have to take at least six months of acting classes, not because I want to be an actor, but because I want to be an excellent director mm. working with Denzel okay. Washington.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and Oprah Winfrey because they've known the best of the best. Yeah. You know, and I want to come to the table speaking their language specifically. I'm a new director. Um, And I would like the entire time I'm leading up to pre-production, I would totally stay in acting classes again, not so that I could act, but because I want to understand all of the rigors that happen and that I can, because I remember on, on, in one of the rehearsals, one of my actors, he did phenomenally and I go, excellent, let's move on. He goes, do you have any notes for me? I'm like, no, you were perfect. He's like, really? Like he was waiting for something. Yeah. So oh, I took off my glasses and I was like, uh, well, let's talk about it. Because I, I, at that point, I knew he needed something for me, something more. Yeah. So I was like, so what, what are you thinking right now? Uh, I see, I see, I see what you mean. Oh, uh, yes, yes. And I had to like, make up shit. Like I honestly was just good with his performance, but as an actor, he's looking for levels. He's looking for things that he could dig deep with yeah. some backstory, something else that he could bring to the character. And that's what I want. I want to work with someone who, when I get on, even if they don't need it from me, I at least had that in my pocket that I know yeah. I that really that,
0: that situation there feels kind of like what I was asking you about before. Like that's ego management to me. Like that is someone who. Um, to, to me, obviously I wasn't in the situation, but my, my, yeah, yeah. my read on it from the outside looking in is that's a person who feels like good things can't come that easily. Like, Ooh. you know, sometimes you do something very quickly and very effortlessly and it's good. And you're like, there's no, there has to be something wrong with it. Like it couldn't have been that easy. Wow. And sometimes you have to talk yourself out of like doing yeah. too much because you're trying to make it harder and not accepting that like actually this one thing it was like a gift you know it it came through seamlessly and that feels like that's what that actor was going through was no there's no way that was too seamless for me there has to be some (laughs) trouble like there has to be some notes or something and that's you like then you have to be like oh yeah okay so let's talk about it let's have the conversation so that they can so that they don't feel crazy You know, you're not. No, it's good. It's good. No, no, it can't be good. It can't be good. It can't be one take. And you're like, no, trust me, it was. And then but, you know, you can't just like you have to know the person. Right.
1: I think theater actors, the the rigors and the the rehearsal is a little bit different. Yeah, Um, for sure. I I feel like for for theater, there is a lot of that. Yeah. So like, yeah. they'll take it, scene by scene or moment to moment. Like, okay, let's pause here. So what's going on in this right now is da, 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 da. Yeah. And that, and a lot, well, I won't say a lot of my actors, but a good handful of my actors were from the theater. So gotcha. that kind of reciprocity, that kind of thing is yeah. what they do in theater. So for me, it didn't happen. Cause I'm like, you nailed it. Cause on film, you and, and I actually, there were times when some of my theater actors, I had to be, I had to say, just flat nothing on it because they were like and I'm like nope this is this is nope it comes it comes across differently (laughs) you're you're here you're right here in front of the cameras right on your face you don't have to like you're not doing it for roles three four five and six you're 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 here um so reminding them just flat um so yeah so I think that's what it was for that particular actor
0: I think you're true that's true too in like theater you only have one take, right? Like when you do the yeah. performance, you know, there's no reshoots, there's no cut, let's do it again. So you have to exactly. have every single minute detail down, memorized, ready to go so that you know, that the take is going to be perfect when you do it yeah. the one time on stage that night. That makes sense to me. I can Absolutely. see that. Um, well, I wanted to ask you before I ask you my last question. So no, time is not a thing you can pr- you can pick Oprah or Denzel from any era, what era, Denzel, you are you working with or what era, Oprah, are you working with?
1: Um, I like, wow, ooh. Oprah, right after uh, Color Purple, that era, Oprah. My
0: favorite, Oprah. That was the exact one I was thinking.
1: That, Oprah, um, because she was deep into that, to the acting thing. Yeah. Um, she she kind of killed it when she played in um, The Butler, a Lee Daniels movie um she was good in that but that uh, but that other Oprah was I think she really wanted to tackle it yeah so working with her at that time would have been amazing and she enjoyed doing period things and that's kind of my my mind is on period stuff as well um and Denzel who uh my 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 no I'm a director I'm directing that's all you're doing (laughs) that's all you're doing directing i was out. almost
0: wondering <laughs> if dwayne the rock johnson was going to be one of your answers for for that reason I just to get I just to get it, close to him <laughs> i
1: couldn't like i wouldn't even know i wouldn't <laughs> it would just it would not be well it would not bode well like if i'm in, to no like i would just like float into the corner and have my right. ad correct i could i couldn't i couldn't function with him in my face um so denzel from right around like pelican brief okay glory denzel yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a good era. That's a the good young, era the himself.
1: young Denzel who, you know, and what was crazy is his son's really killing it right now.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't think I've seen his son in anything.
1: Tenet, the dude from Tenet, the dude from the,
0: I didn't the, see Tenet yet.
1: You, did you see the Black Klansman?
0: It, uh, who is he in that? I did see that.
1: The black guy. The
0: that's guy. him. That's his son. No, That's
1: I didn't know fun. that. I never
0: knew that. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I realize that.
1: What was his yeah, name? Yeah, uh, he is good. Uh, something. Uh, uh, wow. Oh my god, I can't think of his name. I didn't right know
0: now. that I was his son. Yeah, yeah. he's good. In there. You're He right. looks
1: like his mom a lot. So yeah, you wouldn't get it. Gotcha. Yeah, he, yeah, he doesn't really eyes look, eyes look
0: like, like him very much.
1: Yeah, he know. looks just like his mother. Like okay, in and out. So yeah, All right.
0: fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Shikichi Williams is our guest today. Uh Kirby Girls Rock. I believe that's still available on Vimeo, right? You can still get there. No, it's
1: on YouTube right now. It's oh, on it's YouTube. on
0: YouTube. Even better, folks. YouTube. Even better. You yes. can watch it now. My story is on Tubi. I know that. That that happened recently. Shikisha, thank you so much for being on the show. I have one last question for you. We we already talked about it a little bit, but I got a feeling knowing you that there's more you can say on this. Uh, you know, we talked about Carter and the Queen. That's the the project that you, you know, if you could do one project. Yeah. You know, anything you want, that's the one. But I'm curious, what is a theme or you know, something that you focused on outside of Carter and the Queen? Uh, you know, that you would love to tackle in the future or like a statement that you feel like needs to be made, something that uh, you know, you've been sort of dying to do um and just haven't had the chance yet, besides Carter and the Queen, which you already mentioned. But like, I'm I'm thinking more thematically than like story here. Like what's the what are you trying to tackle?
1: Wow. Um I think a lot about my childhood growing up in Harlem. Yeah. Um, And I watch things like, you know, what, what, uh, what's his name? Uh, 50 Cent is doing over at stars with like the power series and you get like kind of this uh, look back at like the eighties and nineties and and stuff like that. Um, But I think a lot about my own childhood and how music influenced me so much and Mm. how, I was never like the the black I was living in Harlem, but I was the black kid who listened to like David Bowie and Poison and Guns N' Roses and Meatloaf. And I had my <laughs> own my own way of thinking. And like, I would love to yeah. do sort of a, you know, like an ode to kids who grew up in Harlem and and kind of kind oh, of. Uh... What was the name movie. of that movie with the boys? Um, Oh, my God. Stand by me, like my own yeah. version of Stand by Me, like yeah. a
0: Harlem Stand by Me,
1: exactly. All right,
0: I love that, and I can certainly consult on music. Like the list you just ran off sounded okay. a lot like sounded a lot like my childhood. Meatloaf, there's a there's a guy I used to listen to uh, via my parents a lot. Uh, okay, definitely takes me back to my youth to, to hear some. Yes. It's funny, like uh, it's so true. Like you know what you were saying about you not fitting into like the stereotype of a kid yeah. right up in Harlem. I think a lot about the first time we ever did karaoke. And <laughs> I am pretty sure this is the first karaoke song I'd ever heard you do. And if oh it, if it's not the first song I ever heard you do, it's the first song I can remember hearing you do. I'll put it that okay. way. I'm pretty sure it's the first one I ever heard you do. Okay. And for people who don't know you as well as I do, I think it may oh, be a God. little bit of a shock. It came to a shock uh, as a bit of a shock to me. I was like, Oh, okay, <laughs> he's doing this song. That's that's <laughs> this isn't a prank. She picked that song herself to do, and the song was Kid Rocks Ba with the Ba <laughs> and that shattered realities for me. I must say that was an eye-opening moment because I was like, This is not the stereotype she she's not the stereotype you have in your head i am not you are very much your own person and (laughs) when i went to karaoke that night that was probably you could have given me 500 guesses on songs (laughs) that you would pick to do 500 conservatively you could give me 500 and i would not in ever would have guessed kid rock Ba with the Ba, a oh. song that was oh, near and dear to my little white boy heart <laughs> when i was in ninth grade i loved that album when i was growing and uh yeah i did not expect I was
1: that was badass man that intro oh my god it's a
0: good song you know it's funny Ooh. he just he just came out with a new song and it is like it's almost a parody. How bad it is! It's almost Ooh. a parody. It's very right wing, like anti-vax, oh and like you know, he's the last badass and all this shit. And it's yeah, 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 yeah. It's on. It's just crazy. But I, I will say to his credit, that song is is still holds up. Is still pretty good. And that album, yeah, back in the day, that I enjoyed good. it. I liked it. I thought it was a good album. But Kid Rock ball with the Ba. I will never forget. And
1: I don't know, was that a ponytail throw? Did that, did that include a ponytail? That I,
0: I don't, I think you were wearing a, a weave that day. Okay,
1: So I didn't throw, but I didn't throw hair. Because
0: I do I, recall. When I,
1: when I go, when I go to karaoke, if I get lit, when, when you meet brown, look a Shaq, she throw hair. Yeah, she throw hair. Yeah,
0: No, your, your hair did stay uh, affixed to your head that day. But I do remember I have a vivid image. Like I'm closing my eyes right now and I can see it in my head of you head getting down and going, my name is kid. Like, and like, like doing the song, like it wasn't like, I'm just doing this as a joke. You were screaming. My name is kid down two hands on the mic. I remember it vividly and folks, you know, I mean, what more do you need to know to know that, I just that
1: all I you needed are was your a own person. person? All I needed was a little person to run into the room at the time. Y'all yeah. Get Josie up in there. Josie
0: run up and like, you're right man oh my god for people who do not remember 90s new metal they have no idea what we're talking about but i don't care (laughs) Joe C. I remember him he was in all the videos yeah i I remember his name
1: he passed away like in the like in the early 2000s he
0: did yeah well he had a health condition the reason he was uh so short is he had some degenerative issue i remember so RIP Josie, but I did not expect us to go that, that direction at the end <laughs> of the conversation. Shakisha, thank you so much for coming on, Shakisha and the White Boy. You've been a lovely guest, and Aww. I am so excited to see what you do in 2022 and beyond. Thanks Me for coming too, man.
1: on. Me too. Thank you.
0: That's all for the 2021 SATWB holiday special. Thank you so much to today's guest, Keisha Williams, for joining us. And folks, if you listened and enjoyed today's show, please consider becoming a monthly supporter. You can do so for as little as $1 a month by visiting us at anchor.fm satwb and using the support button. And thank you for listening. Shakisha you're back. You're back in host mode. Anything yeah. you'd like to say before we, we call it an episode that
1: chick has the most adorable smile she was talking about her teeth earlier but she has the cutest little <laughs> smile i'm she with you so
0: <laughs> she she adorable. is adorable yes totally i <laughs> perhaps 2021's most adorable guest actually i, I might indeed, say if we we, we, may, we may get a little trophy printed up and, <laughs> and you, so. uh shout out to our main man berberak who wrote and produced Ooh. our intro theme you can find more of his music by visiting us at or by visiting us, by visiting him at brbrck.com. We are not affiliated. We, uh, we get uh, song, but yeah, we just get
1: his song. We, just get his we music. do get
0: the song, which we are very blessed to have. We Again. will be back in the second half of January. Uh, we're going to have to figure out that the exact date, but we've got some plans to finish season two.
1: Soon come!
0: It's coming soon. Uh, in the meantime, guys, please have a happy holiday and a happy new year. We love you so much, Akisha. I love you. Thank you for another wonderful year in the books. That's it. Until next time.
1: Peace, America.